It's a long way down, living six feet off the ground. But no matter how much I slouch, I know I'll never blend in so with the So my topic is based off of something we spoke about, where you said that the first thing that you knew me as was the kaiju guy. Similarly, the first thing that I ever read of yours was a like fairy cold dark, iron. Yes, cold iron. Cold yes. iron. Yeah. So for a while, you were the fairy guy to me, like this, right, this dark I'm, mythological, like the myth guy, like the, the folklore guy. I'm into that. Like I like that too. That's yeah. not. Yeah. Like I. Uh, I think uh, I feel equally well represented by that, that as as you do by kaiju. Okay. Are you as into it, or is it just something like... Um, Because, like, obviously I know a lot about kaiju and uh, just from, like, childhood. No, that's a a reasonable question. Like, uh, let me... me, uh, There's a big answer. But uh, Mm -hmm. let's let's, let's, let's do this. Welcome to Tall Talk. I'm your host, Will, 6'2". And I'm your host, Connor, 6'4". And this is the show for intellectual, physical, and spiritual... Giants, um, and so what we're talking about uh, fairies. Yeah, yes, actually, fairy, fairies are something that I think I probably have maybe not quite, quite the single-minded interest that you have in kaiju, but like, f- but but in the in the realm of supernatural creatures, fairies loom e- extremely large for me. Um, like, um, oh, is it just is the supernatural broad? Is the supernatural creature like the much broader interest for you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, like, uh, like, yeah, I'm, I'm the kind of nerd who like, you know, if, if you, if I find me a book of, uh, like an encyclopedia of like fictional, you know, fictional creatures, I'm, I'm like a pig and shit. The Dragonomicon or something? Yeah. Like, like honestly, like even like the one that really, the ones that really bring me joy are not like ones where someone like creates whole cloth, like a monster manual or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's like the ones that are like, a deep, like I've got a two a two volume encyclopedia of of mythical creatures like from around the world and like a lot of them are gods deities stuff like that but like some of them are uh, you know like like goblins and gremlins but like mm-hmm. those from other cultures other cultures than Europe as well and like that's that's you get a really interesting perspective on cultures when you understand their um, their ghost stories their ghost stories yeah like when you understand like what their monsters are mm-hmm. e- you understand a lot about who they are mm-hmm. in my opinion mm-hmm. um but fairies fairies um i can unfortunately talk, are eurocentric they are eurocentric but they are but i think that they map a little bit more cleanly mm-hmm. to the rest of the world than most creatures um and that's sort of what i'm interested in like what what gets me into fairies, like I, I can't believe we're doing this, but just to be clear, we're talking about like the she and the unshe, like sort of the Celtic Celtic versions of this stuff, not like Tinkerbell, but mm-hmm. like uh, like uh, the the ones that would like leave like take your baby out of the crib and leave a uh, infant made of ice behind, those kinds of fairies. Um, and I can pinpoint a couple of things, but but they but but is that how you're supposed to pronounce that, by the way? The she she and unshe, not seely and unseely. I think you can get away with either, but I think the way I'm saying it is either wildly wrong or the actual official correct way to say it. Here's the thing: if we're if probably Irish, and the little I know of the Irish language, that's probably right. Yeah, there are. I feel like I'm close. There are consonants that don't make the noises that they should make. Yeah, based off of the. It's just like whatever. Yeah. It's like the written language is kind of like, 
It's a it's a guess. Uh, there is no R in the Irish word for I, uh, Irish, but it's pronounced with one. Nice. I don't know. Yeah, what is the Irish? I mean, what is the Irish word for Irish, or is it just Irish? It's Grailge. Grailge. Okay. Grailge. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they've got those weird, like, uh, uh, not consonants, the other ones, uh, vowels that uh, that sort of yep. merge to make. Yeah, it's the, interesting. It's the A and the E, and yeah. it's like I don't know. That's super dope. The more you know, mm-hmm. but uh, tall talk, very educational. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but like, um, I'll short. I'll, I'll bottom line this here. What it is about fairies for me that that is the most interesting is that they are unknowable in a way that essentially all other supernatural creatures are not. Mm-hmm. Um, vampires are very scary until you know you're dealing with vampires, and then they're still scary. But you know, you know how to get rid of vampires. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you know, like once once you know once you know you're dealing I have with a ghosts. Fun, I have a fun story about how to kill vampires from a writer's perspective. Okay. Okay. Lay it on me. Okay. I- uh, someone, I, I don't know the names and I don't know like where this story came from, but a child is talking to their father about vampires and the crux of it is he comes up and says, daddy, how do you kill a vampire? And the dad looks at his son and goes, any damn way you want, they're not real. Reasonable, mm-hmm. reasonable. But mm, here's the thing. If you can kill them other ways, they're not vampires anymore. There's something very different. true. Like, like, yeah. like, like that's and I reckon that's a that's a weird, it's a weird hill to die on. When we're talking about fictional creatures. I think it was, I it was think it's, the, the the father in the story is a writer. That's yeah. That much I know, and I think he was of the mind of make the creature your own. No, and I think that's totally reasonable. But f- but the, the other side of that is, as you just said, at a certain point, you the audience is going to go. I don't feel like we're dealing with vampires anymore. Yeah, and 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 and. Part of part of what it is like like you know, but with faith, the reason vampires are scary is like uh, sort of is because they feel old. They feel connected to history. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. like that feels. It doesn't feel like you know Slenderman is scary, but not that scary because Slenderman is like post internet age. Like 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 it's it's. And actually, now that you say like. Because the example of Faye is stealing kids, mm-hmm. kind of Slenderman's whole exactly. thing from the original ones. Like like, they're like all... is that? Could we? Flavor, Slenderman is just a yes. Fay easily. You could flavor almost any unique thing as a fay. That's what's fun, is that like, yeah, like Slenderman could be a fay. The forest in which Slenderman lives could be the fay. You see what I'm saying? Like it's it is, it's like when you're dealing with with a, a quote unquote being that is not bound by the physical world. And not bound by physical, like like the mortal mortal desires and and morality and understanding, it's like it's not even like you just run straight into totally amoral psychopathic evil. It's like they have whole agendas that just don't make any sense to us and don't really matter. Uh, like we don't matter to them mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And um, I that unknowability, I, I think, is like the idea. Like I, what I was trying to do with pilots, like you get to have a show. And we're going to like, you know, we're going to fight fairies fairly regularly, mm-hmm. but it's never going to be the same thing. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, it's never going to be um, easy. As it shouldn't be. Yeah, exactly. And that's like, you know, like, 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 like four or five seasons into Buffy, like she's not even really fighting vampires anymore because like vampires are <laughs> old hat. Like, like, she's like she what, can take what, out 10, no problem. Yeah, once you stab one vampire and it dusts, yeah. you basically just have to do what Blade does, which is 
do that constantly. Yeah. Because yeah, just become yeah, and avoid your taxes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, don't open your eyes for a scene and have to have your eyes CGI'd open. That that is a level of petty I can only aspire to. Yeah. Like, my God, amazing. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, just while, while we're uh, to finish, close out this subject here, just um, I'm going to tell you the two things I think that were most formative in me, in me being this, this balls deep in fairies as I am. And one is perhaps my favorite book. At the very least it is in strong contention mm-hmm. is Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, which, okay. yeah, I don't know if you, have you heard of that? I've heard of it. I've not read it. Okay. So it's like this lady's only really written that one book. She's written some short stories and stuff too, but it is fucking incredible. It is like, Jane Austen writing the Lord of the Rings. Like it's, it is like, and and that sounds crazy, but it is very much what it is. You know what? Uh, Listen, love Tolkien, have his goddamn name tattooed on my body. Yeah. The man goes on. The man goes on. That's true. That's true. I didn't know you had his name tattooed onto your body. Where's that? It's on my left shoulder. For, uh, for our listeners at home, uh, Connor just revealed his bulging bicep. (sighs) least uh like 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 uh four or five babies legs in width uh easily um and and Tolkien's name is in fact displayed there it's it's not his an actual name it's it's that like weird signature thing he does where it's just like his initials all into one symbol if you google Tolkien symbol you'll know okay. exactly right. what i'm talking yeah, yeah. about he's got like a coat of arms i gotcha yeah yeah, yeah. but um so like uh, so that that book is incredible um it is it, it's one of, it's one of those books that like it's it, it, and you said you were a Probably Kit, teenager. A teenager. So it's it's, it's, a, it's a young teens. adult novel. It's not. Oh, um, is it an adult novel? Or yes. Okay. Like I may have read it in college, even. No. Well. No. Well. Maybe. Oh. Like it, it's somewhere. In I want to know late I, high school. Early I'm trying college. to picture the level of reader intensity. Okay. I've been running on the ragged edge of sort of my own comprehension for about as long as I can remember, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, like, not that I don't read. Lots of trash, I do, but uh, and trash is delightful. But but um, I've seen books like this as a challenge rather than as a burden. If that no, makes no, sense. no, I I I know exactly what I mean because uh, in my youth I was also this way. Uh, since focusing on film, I have sort of you got to fight. You got to fight to keep it. Yeah, yeah and it's I, a real thing. And I I definitely sort of accepted the loss. I I should say I accepted the loss for a significant portion of my twenties, not really accepted it, but didn't really engage with it. Uh, and then towards the end of my twenties was like, no, I'm getting that back. Yeah, and and I, feel I like fought for it. I'm starting to feel that too. Cause there are a bunch of books that I have that I've asked for that I want to read. Mm-hmm. And I, they're sitting right there. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to tell you like the, the, the thing to do if, if you really is like carve out a specific hour that you're going to do it every day. Like, and I know that sounds dumb, like, because also like you and I are the kind of people who are like, we'll just pick up a book and read it. But, as long as there's something available that can happen to you, mm-hmm. like TV or, or movies, mm-hmm. where you don't have to put in any effort, you're not going to pick up the thing where you've got to where you've got to come to it too, oh. like unless it is a is a rigid thing, like yeah. you know what I'm saying, like yeah. and then but the thing is, you do that for a couple of weeks and then it's back. Yeah, and I feel like at the at this point I'm doing that with exercise, not with reading. You gotta have. You gotta have. You gotta I, have. I gotta uh, have both. I gotta exercise the brain. Well, you gotta y- y- listen to yourself. Figure out what's right for you at, at this time. It sounds like maybe exercise is the key right now. And I think in a pandemic, that makes sense. Um, we yeah. keep we keep losing the, the thread of well, this these, book. Well, the, the 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 losing of the thread is I feel like the 
the actual important parts of tall talk but but yes to get back to my learned and uh illustrious riveting illustrious illustrious and riveting uh commentary um it's like the book really if you do not love language like i mean love the english language and love the musicality of words and the way words can be used in fun poetic ways but also like it is a very british book it has a very british sense of humor the example i like to give is that um at one point one of the two magicians in the book who are the only guys who can do magic on, uh, in the world uh, is sent to assist the duke of wellington in fighting napoleon uh during the napoleonic wars uh the duke of wellington does not think much of the magician and so as a test he's like the french are in that are in those woods over there and i would like to shoot the french so please move the woods so that I can shoot the French. And so the guy, Jonathan Strange, moves the woods so the Duke can shoot the French. And the Duke very much likes this, uh, likes this strategy and starts using it all the time. Um, cut to like several hundred pages later in the book, uh, Spain and France both at po- after the war write letters to, uh, to the UK respectfully requesting that Mr. Strange come back and put all of their landmarks back where they're supposed to be because none of their maps make sense anymore. <laughs> That's the kind of book that it is. Um, but uh, yeah, and it's also like a book that like it presupposes an entire like history of English ma- magic. Like half the book is footnotes and the footnotes are amazing. They are like sometimes entire stories themselves. Um, mostly they're entire stories themselves. But the point of this, the point of the whole conversation is the main antagonist as if, if you know and that's a you're stretching that word to put him there uh sure. is is a is a fair a fairy like a fae guy he is uh, known as the man with thistle down hair and he remains one of the most terrifying villains you know antagonists i've ever encountered because very few people have done as brilliant a job of conveying a character for for whom we are insignificant not like ant insignificant but like it is a truly sociopathic it's like a true sociopath of unlimited power and and the 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 characters she chooses to be harmed by him are all trapped in bound in bondage of their own in the regular world like it is a book that is fascinating but the but but the, the the fairy parts are unequaled in terms of in terms of like malice and in creative sinister world building. But it, and and so then the second book that is fundamental to me is White Wolf, Dark Ages, Fay, because that book is I love the White Wolf books because they are just like here's a bunch of fucking lore. We went we went and we went and researched everything and we wrote it all down here. Some cool art. We got some some rules. We don't really care about the rules. The rules are the afterthought. But like, yeah, have fun with your lore. Uh, and and uh, I, I'm honestly unaware of a better compendium of like just interesting stuff about them. It's like like that'd it's, it's a game I've never actually played. Uh, but, no, that'd be yeah. very helpful to me because I'm yeah. the game that I'm running right now is set in a world that I want to be heavily influenced by the Fae. Okay, well, Changeling's the modern day. That's that's like um, that's like Vampire the Masquerade. Modern day for, World of Darkness, like because yeah. there's there are two, when World of Darkness was still going on, there were two major like sort of time periods. There was modern day World of Darkness and Dark Ages World of Darkness, and you could sort of do either of them in anything. Yeah. But uh, 
Dark Ages was a lot of fun to me because it, because like modern day hunters, you know, like modern day, like the humans, like you could play hunting. These things had no power and you like, it was just a matter of time until you got sort of at, but if you go back to the dark ages, it's not, the game's not hunter, it's inquisitor, which is, uh, they were the inquisition and they have actual holy powers and they will fuck your shit up. And that's fun. And like in the Fey, in like the modern era, there are no real Fey. There are just half human, half Fey's. So it's like, that's why their power, like the Fey in Dark Ages, it's like, they're almost unplayable because after a certain point, you can kind of do whatever the fuck you want. Like it's, it's really, it's really hard to, uh, you can't, you can't have a mortal, a mortal um, storyline with them because they're just, they're too, too power. Like, yeah. like they're, they're almost better as figures that your PCs encounter from time to time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Your um, recounting of, and rem- say the name of the book again. Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell? Jonathan Strange and Mr. what? Norrell. Norrell. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell reminded me of a uh, book series that I read growing up. Lay on me. Um, very similar in... I imagine tone and actually plot with like the magicians being used in government. Mm-hmm. It was called the uh, the uh, Bartimaeus sequence. Have you heard of these? Yes, I have. Um, I'm trying to remember if I read any of them, but I don't. Th- I think I'd remember if I had. But I, perhaps- the, am- the Amulet of Samarkand is the first one. Yeah, I don't remember it. It's set in, they never say exactly when in England, but Mm -hmm. it's implied there are cars. Interesting. That that part is is there. Um, And magicians are mostly government employees who work in like spy craft and stuff like that. And there's very little magic that humans can do aside from summoning things. Okay. And in in that sequence, they're all um, like jinn, ifrits, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But they are played sort of the same way and the the note the thing you said about footnotes is about half of the 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 book is almost always written from the point of view of a jinn summoned by nice. this guy this guy throughout okay. the ages and so each book is the next time he gets summoned okay. by this guy and he's like god damn it you again yeah like the first time it's a kid who summons funny. him before he's supposed to he's like an apprentice and he's not supposed to summon something but he does anyway and it's like all right now i have to I hate you. Yeah. I hate you for taking me from my home dimension and putting me in this like prison that yeah. I have to. I have to. I have to listen to this whiny little fourteen-year-old idiot. That's a good hook. Um, yeah, yeah. And of course, like his master is up to stuff, and like they keep mentioning Gladstone. Gladstone's alive. Okay. Gladstone. Like William. Oh. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that that era. Yeah. Of, okay. Of English. Yeah, everything, but also sort of England that never was. Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Yeah, 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 with the it, there are world politics happening that we touch upon occasionally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think it gets more and more as the books go on. Yeah, but just seeing everything from the point of view of this supernatural creature who does not care yeah. about human beings in the slightest is so they can be very very objective. That's yeah. fun. That is fun. And you get some real fun stuff. Uh, his like social commentary on everything in the footnotes. Nice. I I definitely recommend it if you want a similar vibe. No, I'm I'm, I'm super interested. Um, and then the other thing that you reminded me of was 
Now, the books themselves, not that great, and much more geared towards younger audiences. Uh-huh. But the Spiderwick Chronicles, if you remember those. I, I remember them coming out and being like several, like several micro generations too old, young for me. But, my uh, my yeah. brother, who's three years younger than me, mm-hmm. they were the perfect age for him, or he was the perfect age for them when they came out. Um, and they're pretty dark. Like some of the some of the, and it was based off of a lot of fairy stuff, like brownies and boggarts nice. and, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. But again, caps. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Eurocentric. So a lot of that stuff, leprechauns. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and it got kind of dark. There was a Nickelodeon movie made that definitely like rinsed it a little bit, made it a little mm-hmm. bit more kid friendly. Like the books were for kids for like I'd say probably ten years old, mm-hmm. but they only pushed the envelope of what a ten year old could handle. Mm-hmm. Um, but what eventually came about because of it was so popular was that there was something called the Arthur Spiderwick Field Guide to the Fantastic World Around You. Ooh, and it okay. was written as if it was his actual guide that yeah. was mentioned a few times. And it was just it was just an encyclopedia, like you said. Nice. Of of things and but it, it had like coffee stains in it and then it was like yeah, I met yeah, yeah. I met a I, I saw a black horse Dipper's journal before Dipper exactly no, I got you yeah, it was yeah. like I saw a black horse near a pond probably a selkie don't go near there nice <laughs> nice stuff like that that's cool no that's really cool and I that's that's that what up. got me interested in that sort of like invisible world is what they called it yeah I th- yeah I mean that yeah I should say that is a consistent thing running through a lot of the fiction I love is the, is the invisible world, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, part of what I love about Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell is that it's very British about it. Like, nobody nobody doesn't believe what's happening. It's not secret from anybody mm-hmm. so much as people are just like, we just don't talk about that that much. That's, like, that, that, that's yeah. exactly the same thing with the Bartimaeus sequence. Okay. Is that yeah. it, it's, like, it's like, yeah, we're in Britain, and everybody knows that these magicians can do this shit, Yeah, but we don't. For the first hundred pages of Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, this is the kind of book it is. You never, you don't meet either of them. Um, Mr. Norrell shows up after page hundred. I'm pretty sure. Um, I don't know if that's British or just good restraint. It's it's it, for this book, it's right uh, okay. because you spend about a hundred pages, like sort of setting up the world, but all but mostly setting up English magic. Um, because at some point in the last, you know, fifty to hundred years or so, mm-hmm. people stop being able to do magic. And nobody's really sure why. Nobody know. Nobody knows. Is Stonehenge mentioned at all? Not at all. No, mm-hmm. but there's there's this gold there's this golden age of magic, and then sort of there's the silver age, and like it was less than the, like now nobody can do magic at all. But they don't talk about it that way. Instead, the royal like the the they're not the royal the, the gentleman's group of magicians. Well, they don't practice magic because practicing magic is ungentlemanly. All you do like talking about magic is what gentlemen do. They don't practice it. Now, of course, they can't practice it. Yes, but uh, but but like that's like uh, that's very British. Yeah. Like that's a very that's a very good way of dealing with that. Yeah. I feel like I was sort of hoping that because my introspection with with the Godzilla discussion made me realize just how it happened, how my interest in Godzilla was formed. Is there a, a, a direct line from something? There is a direct line from Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Like, well, no, but is there something that from that? Like, where did where did that? Because you you said you're in like high school age when you read that. Yeah. Is um, there something earlier? Yes, honestly. Like there is a uh, there's a children's book uh, about the changeling scenario about like the about uh, leaving a baby of ice in a in a. Um, in the crib, like, and taking the real baby. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a, a, 
I think a somewhat famous children's book. I can't remember the name, but the art is real chilling. I remember it being like very sort of sort of Victorian era kind of cherubic kind of thing going on, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and um, finding that very unsettling as a child. Um, it always comes down to something that you like physically see. I think. Yeah. Because I I. It was I saw I went to a museum I saw a dinosaur yeah. I went tight dinosaurs are pretty great pretty and cool. then you know I wanted to see more dinosaurs my dad shows me 1933 King Kong and then Strong. 1933 King Kong King Kong fights Godzilla in a movie and then Godzilla and, then and Godzilla. so yeah. chilling art from a yeah a, a children's story interesting right, yeah. in Faye that's an interesting uh, yeah and then uh, you know reading about them any chance you can get finding one i'm sure there has to be some some other correlation between how british you find books and you finding them delightful well okay here's what else I, I can talk a little bit about that like like there like there is a built-in remove uh, emotional remove like like that um i really identify with and we're not you're not going to get that with most american authors no like like uh, I know it's not very um, fashionable right now in literary circles, but like Jonathan Franzen, for example, is somebody who does, or at least in his early work, uh, like to be droll in the way that the that the Brit- Brits like to be droll. Um, it, it, it's um, Kurt Vonnegut, same deal. Lots, lots of the same shit there. Although he's like even wackier. But, but um, yeah, he really went for the absurdity. Yeah, like, like I am a difficult fan um because i i require a lot from you to be unequivocally in support and that means like your content like you have to be writing about something i'm interested in you got to be writing about it like making it an interesting story but then you got to tell the story in an interesting way yeah Yeah, like you know you and i talk about tv a lot but like one thing we've we talked about is like breaking bad is the greatest not because it has the greatest story it has it's up there but because of how they tell the story that they have chosen to tell. Whereas like the wire phenomenal, equally phenomenal, way better story told like a reporter tells a story. So it's a great story, but it doesn't have quite the flair that, that breaking bad did. I also think breaking bad. And I just spoke to my wife about this understood its medium in a very, very good way where a lot of modern TV shows are starting to lose this because the, of streaming. The episodic. The episodic nature of it. They are now eight-hour movies where it just ends at an interesting point in a yeah. movie. Yeah. But Breaking Bad has a serialized has a serialized plot yes. that is throughout an entire season. But every episode, there is, is still a problem to solve that is solved completely. Beyond that, too, every episode is a thematic chunk of the entire season. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's mm-hmm. that's the key. Is like, is like, I, I think that there are a bunch of shows now that have like, we're doing one thing every every episode, and like, they think that that is episodic, and mm-hmm. it's not not episodic, but it, but it is. That's half the battle. Mm-hmm. Then you need the thematic component to what you're doing. Why, like, why are we doing this story? What does it tell us about the like like why why is this story important to the to the season long narrative? Not just in terms of like we get the key to the safe, but why do we need to see this story? 
what like like why like, why don't we just jump into like something else that's more interesting? There has to be a reason. And and Breaking Bad consistently, I mean, it 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 spent so much. Breaking Bad lived in the moments before and after every other crime shows episodes, like because I I think I'm not alone in in saying that like I finally fully completely understood the show when in the second season Jesse's on the front porch of the mess ho- meth house about to go in going. Where's my fucking money, bitch? Where's my fucking money, bitch? 400 times to himself because he's trying to figure out the right delivery for saying, where's my fucking money, bitch? That, you, you can tell me that he's a junkie. You can tell me that he has no idea what he's doing. You can tell me that like he's living moment to moment. Show me that scene and I know all of that in a way that telling me is never going to matter. And, and, and I, yeah. I know that this isn't going to come through in the podcast, but I've been nodding to everything that Will's been saying. Connor has for been the nodding in agreement for like the entire time. Yeah, cosigns by Connor. But um, yeah, uh, and, and, and and like that is, I mean, you, every single episode of that show has a reason mm-hmm. for being there that has nothing to do with what happens in it. You could like you can say this is the episode where Mike drives Jesse out into the into the desert. And, uh, and, and, and scares the shit out of him and, like, and makes him 100% his creature. Or you could say, this is the episode where Mike realizes that Jesse needs a father figure and becomes that guy. Mm-hmm. You see? And it's like, that doesn't tell you anything about what happened. But it is what happened. Mm-hmm. And it is the important part of what and happened. I know, it's interesting, too, because I know what episode you're talking about. And in yes, my head, I'm going to say, that's the episode where Jesse and Walt really split. Because of Mike. Because of Mike. Mike does that. Mike, Mike, Mike is like, consciously like driving is, a wedge. It is. Yeah. Uh, it is Gus's plan, but that plan would not have worked the same way if Mike also didn't realize what you said about the father figure thing. Exactly. Because it it still probably would have worked. Yeah. It still probably would have like. He would have saved the the money mm-hmm. that the hit that the the robbery was going to happen, but if Mike didn't respect him and understand what he really needed. After that fact, it would have been a different yes. plot. Yes, one hundred percent. And that's like, I mean, that's that's it. I mean, and that's just a character. That's uh, that we're we're diving into like yeah. why those characters are well written. But but but, but uh, what I want to say also is like, I remember I watched that show week to week. I remember the episode that ends with Mike taking Jesse out into the desert, and they they do a good job of like of like keying you up to be like, oh, is Mike gonna fucking knock off Jesse in the desert? Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, is that going to happen? And then I thought about it for like a couple of days. And I was like, no, that's not going to happen because that's not who Mike is. Mike doesn't waste potential. Mike and, and Mike doesn't like, that's not also, like, I was like, so the only thing that he can be doing here is trying to show Jesse that Walt is not the right guy to be following. And like, and then the next episode happened and I was right. And, and I should say, I thought I had figured out the rest of the season. In fact, I had figured out Half of the next episode, which was also like, God, you guys are so good. Yeah. But, um, but like that's that's it is, it is because the story thematically makes sense at every step of the way. You know what? That you can draw that line. You know what I'm realizing now? Because I just I just finished The Witcher season two. Yes. And I didn't like it. Yeah. Um, and so I'm realizing that now that we're talking about this, so much happens in these episodes of The Witcher. Partly because seasons of television need to be longer than eight episodes. I'm so sorry. 
modern producers yeah. or or pick a story you can do in eight episodes yeah or like, do stop that. trying to do fucking epics do, do arcane yeah. arcane in, in nine episodes it works it also sort of i think speaking back to the melding of uh, uh trying to push everything out all at once and then you know taking an episode mm-hmm. and saying what are we going to say with it it does the perfect thing of we're going to release three episodes every week. Those three episodes, they're going to end on different like high moments mm-hmm. in case you need to stop watching right now. But really, these three episodes are an episode. Yeah. They're a theme. Yeah. They're connected. And then we're going to move on. Story's going to continue. That would um, be, I, I would be interested to see that kind of structure. And I, another show, yeah. it, it's a smaller and it's not doing it nearly as well i think that's more just a release schedule thing Mm -hmm. but it's doing the same thing of three episodes every week is the legend of vox machina for amazon prime oh i'm not even aware of that one i gotta it's a it's animated as well so it might just be an animation thing but um could be but yeah but i hear you they also just like maybe just want to get like the bank of those filled pretty quickly like it's it's I imagine the animation audience does tend younger than the older audience. Oh, so Le- Legends of Vox Machina has not for children. Yeah. There okay. Are, there All are right. breasts. Yeah. There are, oh, right. There, okay. There no, I, I know what this is. Okay. There are, yeah, there yeah, are yeah, people yeah. being you should, you cut and twain. You should have said the critical twain. role show. Well, yeah, the, I, I should have said the critical yeah, role show. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no. Um, Harmontown did, to my knowledge, invent the, like, people who kind of know the rules but are really good Harman at Quest. voice acting. Harmon Quest. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, it started at Harmontown. Yeah, there but, was an uh, episode, but then they became something. No, but I'm saying like it used to be the back 30 minutes of every Harmontown was him playing him and and Kumail Nagiani playing Dungeons and Dragons with whoever had shown up, <laughs> um, and Spencer was their their uh, their dun- dungeon master, and it was. Does Spencer roll the entire time? Because he rolls for them in the show, in like the actual Dude, show. That's one of like the 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 most honest to God true Holly, like Hollywood stories I've ever heard. Like literally I, I listened, I remember listening to the episode where they were like, all right, we should, we should, maybe we should do like Dungeons and Dragons or something like we, we could do it again. Like, does anybody here DM at all? And like, I assume a lot of the hands went up, um, but they, but they're, they're like this guy, this guy is your hand went up, went immediately. Why don't you come up here? And they talked to him for a little while. And Spencer, mm-hmm. they pick him out of the crowd. He comes up and mm-hmm. talks to him a little bit. It's immediately apparent what his energy is. And how much they're delighted by his energy, and so the next, and so like roll some characters and like come next time. I he, gotta say, he shows up. Spencer, Spencer as a person, mm-hmm. I don't know very much about him. He speaks like a normal, awkward human being, and his there's no performance with it. No, there's that's that's what it is. Is there is zero performance out of that man, and I can't tell you how perfect a backstop that level of 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 like just rolling with it is for th- this was like even Harmon quest. They kind of n- knew a little bit about how to play. It's like Dan kind of remembered how to play from like second edition. Kumail Nanjiani, I don't think he ever knew. Uh, no, nobody else like, like occasionally a guest would like have some familiarity with it, but n- rarely. And so it, 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 so it was like, it was like he would, uh, Spencer would come in with these, these sort of adventures. The adventures would go, in completely unexpected directions and not like your usual Dungeons and Dragons where people are like, well, let's go fuck some whores down at the tavern. It'd be like, they would make a joke that would then become the basis of a thing that they were like really leaning on. And, 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 and these are all professional improvers and like comedians. So like shit was fucking funny, but like they would start trying to convince people basically like the line between our world and the, and the fantasy world was, was thin Spencer rolled with it perfectly every single time. 
like with the exactly the right amount of like fucking whatever who cares like we talk in the in the tabletop rpg world there are so many people talking about the mercer effect because matt mercer is an incredible dm but he has incredible players so how much of it is really him versus how much of his players and they're all performers so no one can be expected to do the voices and everything that yeah, he does I, yeah and then brennan lee mulligan is the other one he's from a dropout formerly college humor great dm uh I, I, he i think is the perfect melding of what spencer is and, and, and what mercer. matt mercer yeah. is because matt is i have a story to tell and yes, you have autonomy in this world. Yeah. But not really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have one final thing about fairies I want to say. Yes. Just um, that I said earlier that part of why I like them is that I feel like they map more cleanly to sort of the supernatural around the world. And I stand by that um, because I was thinking like, you know, like all the fairies we're talking about do tend to have sort of Celtic origins. But the thing is, through a certain lens, and I'm not trying to diminish anything or reduce anything. I'm just sort of saying like through a certain lens, you could say a lot of the pantheons around the world, like Native American and Indian and, uh, and, and African, like they all map pretty cleanly to fairies, to, to the idea of a fairy. Like, and, and, and if you sort of let go of the word fairy and the word she and just accept as sort of like the magical counterpart to the unmagical humanity, it... Um, I, I, I do agree because it's always just like, why these myths of gods and everything persevere is because they act insanely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They act in inhuman but also very human ways because they do have wants and needs. Now, we might not understand them as mortals. Yeah. But. Yeah, yeah. The, only, the only real difference with fairies is like you kind of know how to make a deal. I mean, but, but, but like making a deal is not that different from praying. Mm -hmm. It's just. It's a little more certitude behind it. But also, there's not really, because fairies are unpredictable and wild. So, yeah. you know, oh. basically gods. I, I do I do yeah. want to wrap this up. Yeah, yeah, we got to, yeah. Kind of got to get out of here. I do. But I got to get out of here, too. Yeah, I also have a story have to tell. things to do. Tell you after, that's not for the podcast. Okay. Yeah. We're going to save that for. Uh, Alone. So, uh, We're going to save that for. Yeah, just the um, just the uh, premium subscribers will get to hear that. And since we don't have a premium tier, you're all shit out of luck. Yeah. So, this has been Tall Talk. I'm your host, Will, 6'2". And I'm your host, Connor, 6'4". And that's how the weather is up here. Yeah! I like that too.